0: I am Marlon Jones, the Career Skills Architect, and this is View from the Big Chair podcast, examining the cost to be the boss. The purpose of this podcast is to share information with students in sports administration programs and with young professionals and those who are underemployed in sports administration. We talk with guests who sit in the big chair, those persons who are directors of athletics, who are head coaches, commissioners, or directors of different areas within athletic administration. We learn from their journey and we also learn what skill sets they look for when they are hiring for positions so that you know how to prepare so that you can get to your own big chair, big chair. Big chair. today our guest is Derek Arnold Derek has been a football coach and admissions counselor and he is now a director of athletics Derek can you share with our listeners your sports administration journey? How did you get to the big chair of athletic director? Ooh, ooh. a
1: lot of years, a lot of years of um of paying attention. If that makes if that makes a lot of sense, a lot of lot of years of paying attention. And what I like to tell, uh, like I grab my my interns that 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 currently work with me, um, is that how I grew up. In this in the sports in the sports world was 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 from the bottom so it started from the bottom now i'm here you know i started out as a graduate assistant at uh salisbury university actually it wasn't even a graduate assistant it was like it was a volunteer graduate <laughs> graduate assistant uh for a semester there and um i was with uh with one of my mentors great coach he's still there at salisbury university now my alma mater um, uh, Coach Sherman Wood, and uh, he gave me an opportunity. He said, you know, if you want to get into this coaching world, or you want to get into athletics, this is the only app. This is the opportunity that I can't afford to you. So I, I took advantage of it. I was working full-time uh, as a customer so- sales rep with Nabisco currently at the time. Company, car, everything, you know, and it's, you know, kind of took, took that leap of faith. Uh, Coach Wood gave me, an opp- gave me my first opportunity down at Salisbury University. Uh, to, uh, vol come down and volunteer. He said, Derek, I, you know, I may have something next semester, but right now, this fall semester, that's all I got. You know, I can bring you on to the staff. So I took it, you know, talked with my family and, and took advantage of the opportunity. Uh, after the semester there at Salisbury, went to the coaches convention and, uh, met a fraternity brother of mine, a current, you know, now fraternity brother at the time. It. Um, oh I yeah, mean, I'm going to go on somebody. Was my third brother at the time, but I remember my fraternity brother at the time uh, named Gerard Wiltshire. He was at UMass at the time, University of Massachusetts at Amherst. They had just coming off winning a national championship and uh, got an opportunity. He said, "Hey, man, we we got a graduate assistant position over here, um, and you know, we you know looking probably looking for a minority at the time. I was like, Hey, you, know, what you think you want to? You interested in?" Once again, discuss with family, discuss with Coach Wood. And um, you know, that's not say during those times, but at, at those times, you know, you have a real good relationship with your with with the with, you know with the head coach, supervisor, manager, boss, however you want to call it. And uh we we had a long extensive conversation. He was like, Derek, you know, I think this is a great opportunity for you to move up, you know, go to vision one division one level. So he said, Hey, go for it. And discuss it with my family. When the University of Massachusetts at Amherst. Uh, under the, under the head coach at the time was Mark Whipple, who's now the, uh, and, uh, he's, he's a current, uh, offensive coordinator at, uh, University of Nebraska. He was just was just hired, um, from the University of Pittsburgh and, um, went to UMass and I was on the defensive side of the ball under Coach Don Brown, Donnie Brown. He's now the, the head coach at UMass. He's now the head coach at UMass. Uh, just recently hired a couple of weeks ago from the University of Arizona. And um kind of just like I said, it sparked from there, went from UMass to Fort Valley State University, Coach John Morgan was the head coach there. And um there as a recruiting coordinator, defense coordinator there. And that's really what I got my feet wet a lot of in, in administration when I was at Fort Valley State University. Um as far as dealing with fundraising, had my hands on fundraising for for the team. Um, I was also the compliance liaison. And that was like a whole new ball game right there. That compliance was something. Ooh, that was that that was something for you right there, Mark.
0: Compliance um, is so always was,
1: a challenge. Was, yes, yes. You're talking about cross T's and dot your I's. Ooh, we, you know, you, you have, you know, student-athletes' uh, futures in your hand and, you know, the emotions and things, those things that go with compliance. So I was the compliance liaison. And uh, so I was in charge of making sure that all our student-athletes was eligible Make sure so classes was, was was passed, and were the exceptions? Do we have any hardships? Any of those things? Those. That's when I first got my hands wet, uh, got my feet wet, and my hands dirty in administration. And then what came along with that is you know, housing, uh, fundraising, all those components working with the foundation of the institutional uh, advancement and uh, departments on campus, and I guess kind of rubbing your hand, rubbing my elbows with the administration. More so. And then from Fort Valley with one on the North Carolina Central University. Um and uh worked worked on Coach Broadway. Um, you know, historic historic coach in North Carolina, all time wins and those different things. So, you know, Coach Broadway, great guy, hard you know, hard nosed, hard nose coach. You know what I mean? He's is he gonna hold you accountable and, and you know, he wants you to be responsible for the areas which you're supposed to be responsible for. So I learned a lot from him, uh, just being around him and seeing how he how he how he's uh, how he managed the team, how he managed the coaches for the most part, how he held everybody accountable, he held everybody to a standard that was um, that's something that is always that's that's still instilled in me. And I was only with Coach Broadway for one year, um, and uh, but just that short period of time being with him, he he instilled a lot of you know as far as how you hold people accountable. It may not be the, the best way or the way that that in t- these current times um, would go over well, but at the end of the day, the, the bottom line message was holding people accountable and you being responsible for you know what you're responsible for. And um, so, under when Coach Broad left, Coach Broadway left, and then I got my hands wet again. Compliance. I was always dealing with compliance, admissions, financial aid, with the student athletes. So that's pretty much, you know, the department of the sports administration side, how I got involved and then moved over to, uh, undergraduate admissions. Um, once, um, I was the coach rising at the time. And then, you know, the whole new coaching staff came in and then I was like, I'll get my master's degree. And I was like, you know, some don't want to stay in coaching. It's so volatile. And I was like, you know, let me just stay on the side and stay on this administrative side, get my master's degree from uh, North Carolina state university. And then, um, I was working. I was working in undergraduate dimensions at the time, and um, opportunity came open at Johnson Community College. You know, and you know for all my back, I didn't even realize that I had the background that I had. It was just once I started writing it down on paper, I was like, "Wow, I, I have enough experience on a, to be a sports administrator." You know, at least you know get started. You know, so. Got a position at Johnson Community College, and it's been best it been history. Yes.
0: Now you mentioned Maryland, Massachusetts, <laughs> Georgia, North Carolina. How important is being flexible to move if you want a career in this area?
1: Well, I'm gonna say this: you always want to keep a bag in the back of your closet, pack. <laughs> that is an old ad. That's an old. Old football coach adage, you always want to keep a bag packed and be ready to move. Um, don't put no holes in the wall. <laughs> don't put no, walls, no holes in the wall. Ain't no pictures. You know, you make sure you use that, you know, the little flexible tape stuff and use some velcro. And don't put much on, don't put much on the wall. You gotta be flexible. You know what I mean? You have to be flexible. I mean, and, and it's really indicative of of, of college athletics or so athletics in general. Um, it's is moving fast. You know, it's moving very, very fast. And a lot of people really don't understand just how fast and the moving parts that they are that are in the athletics. But um, it is truly moving fast. And you have to be able to, you know, you got to be in a moving shape. Uh buddy of mine, Sidney Powell, down in Georgia, you know, we talk about it all the time. We talk to this day. Our, our careers kind of paralleled each other. And um, he, we always talk about, you got to be in a moving shape. You got to be a better move and shake, you know, position open somewhere. If you see it on, if you see it on Anadon or you see it on coaches, on football school, it's already gone. That's how fast that positions move in athletics. Um, You want your, your network is better than your net worth. You know, the people that you know are very, very important to you Um, as far as in your next, your next job, you know, when, where you want to move. Um, so, and then you have to, I me, mean, obviously your family has to, has to take a, has to take account in that as well, but they also have to be as flexed That they also have to be, be flexible as well. Cause there's going to be a lot of times where you're going to move first and then your family have to come, you know, then your family's going to have to come, um, after So, or, you know, you're single, and you got to be able to pack up that bag. Think look at look at your lease with your lease agreement and what that might be like or if you own whatever, whatever that may whatever that situation may be for you, but you just gotta be able to move and shake and be able to be able to pick up and go. Um if you wanna stay, you know, if you wanna continue to I wanna say elevate within 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 the uh industry. Um you gotta be able to move around because different moving different places give you different exper- different experiences.
0: You mentioned housing. Fundraising, compliance, admissions, financial aid. That's a lot of different areas. So students who are looking to get to that big chair, how many different areas do they need to have experience in in order to be considered for those jobs?
1: I'm going to say as many as you possibly can. The more experience you have, and the more areas that you have, it just makes you that, you know, that more vi- you know, vi- valuable as a, as a candidate for, um, you know, f- for sports administration. I mean, the more, I mean, you just can't be, I'm just saying you just can't be the experience. You know, someone who has, who has some type of background on different areas that the student athletes are going to encounter, you know, can you talk about, do you know about it? The dorms are real nice. However, the, the root, the room deposit for some reason didn't get, calculated, right, or the rumor deposit didn't, it got sent, where is it? Where in a chain, where in, we're in a chain. Does the chain did the payment go? Does it does it fall down to? So you're going to be at a research and say, hey, you can have some, so you can give some type of insight to the student-athletes on and their parents, and more so than anything, their parents about what's going on. Uh, you do have a lot of first-generation student-athletes, but their parents don't have a lot of experience with what's going to happen or what's going on. Uh, with this transition, with their, with their, with their kid, so it's like, what, what kind of experience or background can you lend to that particular parent for that particular family? Um, and so it's just so important to have as much experience as possible, um in, in all areas of of, stu- really of student life, you know what I mean, but in, in student life because inevitably that, that that's what a student is, is 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 entering into is student life, although they're an athlete. It's student life, you know, which, which we're um, really manageable.
0: Now, when you are interviewing and you're looking for interns or you're looking for permanent staff, what are the top three skills that you're looking for that our students and our young professionals should develop?
1: It's funny you ask that because <laughs> it's because... Um, I'm thinking about that all the time. I'm thinking about that all the time, and what I mean by that is, um, with the you know current staff, you know what where' what, some change not some changes within the staff, but just what are some of the things that we're doing well? What are some things we're not doing well? So one of the things uh, when I when I'm looking to hire people, I'm looking to see you know where can I find somebody to fit in some of these gaps that we don't have, and and um, but I, but if I had to just say narrow it down to three, I'm looking for go getters because a lot of positions there are quite a few positions within the athletes in, in that schools is you know they're not it's not paying a whole lot of money and if you in it for the money, Marlon, you know if you in it for the money, you in it for the wrong reason, wrong field. <laughs> you in it for the wrong reason? It's slow money. It is slow money. Until so you get to, it's almost like the music. Until you get your big break, Um, but your big break is going to come with experience. So you have to, you got to put your time in. So I like, the, you know. So when I tell my interns, you know, I'm, I'm actually be hiring some interns here soon. Is uh, well, I interviewed some here more recently. and it's like I need somebody who's going to be out in front. And oh, it sounds crazy. As an athletic director, you saying you want somebody out in front of you. But I want people that's out in front that's gonna be that's gonna be creative with their ideas, and they're gonna have they're gonna be energetic, and they're trying to grow the department. They're trying to help us grow. They're not sitting back waiting for me to give them an assignment. They're going out, and they're they're taking the assignment they're getting, and they're growing that assignment. And they're saying, "Hey, these are some things I think that we can do better, Uh, Mr. Arnold. I think this is some some avenues or some some ways that we can do some things." that we haven't done before, or this might be something, you know, this is something, you know, innovative that I don't see what's going on. I think, well, we can use this tool to get this, this, this other task done more efficiently. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for people who're innovative, creative, got energy and want to go get it. Um because my thing is, I'm an old adage. I go back to Tony Dundee. And um <clears throat> within within coaching, it's about your coaching, your lineage. As a head coach, where are your core? Where are your coaches that have coached under you? Where do they go, and do they go anywhere? And you look at Tony Dungy, um, great head coach, in, you know in the, in the NFL, retired Hall of Famer. You know you got Mike Tomlin; these different these different coaches that have come off of his lineage. You know, and they're they're off doing great things. That's what I want to do as an athletic director. I want to give you the tools to go away. And then it sounds crazy, but I want to grow. I want to grow people to get them to where they to where they want to be and then push them out into the world and go to these different go to other schools and get an administration to pursue their goals um and their passions at a high level, um, but have gotten that foundation, found, uh, foundation from 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 working with me. You see, I said working with me, not for me, but with me.
0: So it sounds like initiative is real important.
1: hmm Very integrity and communication is huge. I'm big on communication. You know, if I send you an email, just reply back. You know, if you went out and, you know, if if you're on a on a project, just shoot me an update every now and then. You know, I'm not going to micromanage, but um, you know, I'm gonna give you an assignment things. I'm gonna give you an assignment, give you some give you some tasks, some things that we need to get accomplished. I may or may not give you a deadline, but that doesn't mean that it's never due. You know, hey, come back, report back. Hey, this is where I'm, 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 working on project A. This is kind of where we are with this. Um, is working, is, is moving a long time. Right? That's all I need because the one thing I want to do, I, I, I want to give that person the ability to create within the project in which they're working on. So when they, if they see some things within the project that I didn't think about or we didn't think about it as a team, bring them back and say, Hey, we didn't look about, it. we didn't look at this. This might be something that we can improve on. This might be something that we, this can make this even better work. That's what I'm looking for. Not just take it for face value, you know, but create. And like I said, grow, help us grow.
0: Now, many students overlook the community college system, but there are lots of opportunities at the community college level. What can you tell the listeners about the different opportunities available with community college athletics?
1: Um, you definitely gonna get your hands wet in everything. <laughs> You'll get your feet wet, hands dirty. And, uh, with at the community college system, because the one thing is, you know, you're depending on the school. Um, the numbers is not going to be as high as they are at the, four, at the majority of four year institutions as far as the staffing. So you're going to, you know, you're going to wear a lot of hats, um, which, you know, some people look at as a bad thing. I look at it as a good thing because we get an opportunity, like I said, once again, I get an opportunity to get a lot of, you know, get more experience, Um, and my staff get more experience in doing different things, so when they do move on, they can have those different experiences. Um, But they are, you know, uh, you know, at the community college system, you know, uh, going back to it, it may not be a whole lot of money, but you get a whole lot of experience, and, you know, some some community colleges have residential life where you can um, get your hands, you know, you get your feet wet there, um, but then some don't, but you're definitely dealing with, it's a fast, I would say it's a faster pace than a four-year institution because the students are coming in, you got them for two years, and then they're out of here. And one of the things that um, I push to our student athletes at, at Johnson Community College is, I, I don't want, I, and that, this going to probably sound bad to the listeners, but I don't want you here. And what I mean by that is, going to in, through, and out. On to the next. So this, is not, this is not a destination. This is not a destination place for you. This is a place, this is a, this is a transitional portal for you. And, and I tell them, I tell our parents when I um, ask student athlete orientation that we run, I, I say that thing, I don't want you here. They look at me, eyes get big. I say, and then I go and explain to them what, exactly what I'm talking about. That we're trying to get your student in through and out. Because we know in the ninth grade, no one said, I'm going to a community college. Let's just keep it real. You know, no one's dreams are to go to a community college in the ninth grade, and then even as a senior in high school, it's not. Oh, I can't wait to the end of the season so I can sign to go to a junior college. That's not. That's not their end. That's not their end goal. So we're not going to sugarcoat it, and uh, we're not going to play the game of oh, this is you know this is where you you gonna get your, you know your because you know, you you're gonna get your bachelor's degree here that because it don't work like nice. we don't even give bachelor's degrees, so you can't be here for four years. Can't get a master's degree from us. So our thing is we want when you come, when you come to us, we want to equip you with the tools that you want, that you need to transition to your next to your next to your next location, which is making sure that you have good study skills, which is making sure that you have good time management, which is making sure that you have that you're responsible, making sure that you're accountable. So these are things that we're trying to instill in our student athletes to make sure that you are that you are self-advocate for yourself not being afraid to go to your instructors and say, hey, listen, I'm having an issue with this. Can you explain this to, can you explain this to me? Or, hey, I understand that I may, be, I, you know, have missed a class or two. Can, is it something that I can do to, to uh, maybe make up some work or whatever that may be, but just to be able to be self-advocates for themselves and not sit back and just allow things to happen to them, to be able to go into a department to go to the financial aid department and speak with the financial aid counselor, say, "Hey, can you sit down and explain my financial aid to me?" So one of the things that we don't, that we, that I pride, that I make sure I pride, uh, I pride ourselves with, and I, I preach to our staff all the time is, we're going to lead them, but we're not going to make them drink. So we're going to show them where to go, but we're not going to take them there. So we're going to tell you, "Hey, listen, you need to go ahead and st- set up, set up your tutoring for this particular class because it looks, it's, it's not, you know, it's not looking well right now." This is where you need to go. This is who you need to speak with when you go and explain to them that you need a tutor for your English class, per se. But we're not physically going to walk that student athlete to that place. We're not going to pick the phone up and say, hey, I have this student, they knew tutoring. We're going to say, hey, Marlon, you need to go over to the Brit building and speak with this person and set your tutoring." in And then when you do that, I want you to come back Report to me, how did it go?
0: Very different from the power five. Very, very different. <laughs> well, we gotta prepare
1: for the power five because not everybody go on power five. You, you know that. Oh, yes.
0: Now you mentioned time management. That is something that is so important once you start working. Because you have a lot of different competing deadlines. And I like when you were saying that you stress to the students that you're not going to micromanage them. You're going to tell them something to do. And then you expect it to get done. As I tell my students all the time, you have one job in an entry-level position, and that's to make your boss's life easier. If you don't do that, there's no reason for you being there. How do you get these students who so many of them have been walked to the financial aid office, have been walked to class, have been walked from class to weights? How do we get them the time management skills that are going to be necessary on a job where you've got three, four different projects at the same time?
1: It's difficult sometimes. (laughs) It's difficult um, because... Some of the, some of the students they feel it in they, that they shouldn't be there to begin with and then they once they and then they say well I am here but my buddy goes to the University of Kentucky and this is what they get done for them at the University of Kentucky or at Duke or North Carolina or UCLA. And then you have to bring them down and I just say it like that, but you have to say listen we're not at Duke and we're not at Kentucky and we're not at UCLA. We're at a community college. We're at a junior college, so there's going to be some things that you gonna to have to, that you gonna to have to do that you're not gonna be afforded. So it's almost a reality check. And then once again, because we're not going to hold their hands, you have to allow them to fail. You have to allow them to fail, and not that we want them to. We're gonna do everything in our powers that they don't. But at the end of the day, Derek Arnold cannot go to classroom. And Derek Arnold cannot take that that English that 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 biology exam. And I, you know, I hated biology when I was in school. So I'm I definitely don't want to go back and do it again. So um yeah, so we're not, you know, none of us on staff are gonna do that uh, for our students. And sometimes they have to feel that heat. They have to feel it, they have to feel and see. On their practice report. Right now you got three F's. What are you gonna do? And with these three, with these three F's, this is what's gonna come about. You're gonna lose your financial aid. You know, you have the ability to play anymore. So now where's your transition at? So it's having those real talks, reality checks. And one thing I tell our, I tell our coaches, I tell our staff, shoot them right between the eyes. You know, go right, give them the information right there. Don't sugarcoat it. Tell them what's real because that's what's going to happen to them and that's what's going to happen. That's what's happening in real life. If it's not a one point, if it's a 2.0, it's a 2.0. A 1.99 is not going to get it. A 1.99, you're ineligible. And a lot of times, it's well, we've been allowed to slide. And, oh man, you can hook up. And it's like, it don't work like that because my babies, that's how they get food on their table. That's how they get clothes on their back It's because, you know, that's how we, that's how people keep their jobs is because they have to, there's a, there's an order in which the things have to be, that has to have, have to happen. And 1.99 is not a 2.0. So inevitably you're ineligible. So it's really just being real with them. Um, shooting them straight. Don't sugarcoat it with them. Be honest with them. Be fair. Um, Love them up. Still got to love them up. You no, know, it's, it's tough love, but sometimes it's sometimes it's a little tough love.
0: And that's one of the things that I think a lot of the students miss is that taking five classes in college is preparing you for working on five, six different projects at work. And you have to learn to be successful at one before you can do the other because the stakes are so much higher because when you're working, if you're working under me and you don't get the projects done that I assign you, that means I've got to go back and tell my boss that the work didn't get done. So now my boss is looking at me as to, well, why do I have you here? And if I'm leaving. I'm not leaving alone. You're going to leave with me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. And what they say, it rolls downhill. It truly does. And, you know, and, and that's something going back to, oh, uh, you're saying, what do I look for? Someone that's going to put the pressure on themselves. Because I put pressure on myself every day. One thing goes wrong, oh, man, I'm about to get tired. Oh, you know, that's, that's the pressure I put on myself. But that's how, what I say, that's how I grew up. That's how I grew up in this, in, in, in sports. You know what I mean? Uh, working for Coach Whip. Uh, working for, you know, Coach Broadway, uh Working for Coach Wood. There was a standard. And there was an expectation. It was when I give you this to do, it's to get done. And that's, there's no way, there's no bones about it. It was not a, well, I, I was trying to, I almost know. It's this is the assignment, this is what I need you to do, get it done. And then what I asked you for, it needs to be complete. So it, it was no, well, I know this person gave you something and this person gave you something. Then you already got something that's a standing, something that assignment that you need to do. So no, there wasn't no one to tell me how to triage what work had to get done. It was just the hierarchy of of of, of the assignment. You know, when I was at UMass, you know, Donnie, give me something. All right, I'm working on it. And the assistant coach give me something. I'm gonna get to it after I get Donnie's work done. The defensive coordinator. Then the coach Whip, the head coach came said, "Hey D, I need this done." Everybody, something get pushed to the side. We're gonna work on coach Whip stuff first, you know. And then three up, and I may you know communicate with the others, the other side people that gave me other tasks. Say, "Hey, listen, Coach Whip gave me this. I need. I mean, I'm gonna knock this out first and then get back to it." But that's why I say it goes back to that. It goes back to that communication and it goes back to, you know, that professionalism respect and say, Hey, and you got to be on a trip, but no one told me that's, and that's how I grew up, but that's the pressure that, um, that I say the pressure that I was under, but that's the pressure that I put on myself to excel because these, these ones are going back to the net, your network because your next position it's almost determined on the people you work, who you're currently working with. That that next school is going to call, regardless of who I put on my reference my reference list, they're going to call, oh, I know somebody at UMass. I know, I'm, I'm going to call them and see, I was Derek when he was there. I'm going to get the real deal from my buddy. So always keeping that in mind, the whole, you know, you never know who watches. And that's the thing. You never know who watches. So you always want to be making sure you're doing a good job. You never know who's, you know, who's uh paying attention to what you're doing. And um, you know, that that's 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 how I kind of like I said, how I grew up in 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 my in my professional career.
0: Well, it's also a very small community. Even mm-hmm. though there are a lot of schools, everybody all the coaches know each other, all the compliance people know each other, all the development people know each other. And so If you're not at your best every day making your boss look good, your boss is going to remember that when they get Mm -hmm. that phone call. And I'm glad you mentioned that about the references. It really doesn't matter who you put on your reference list. (laughs) They're going to call the people that they know and ask them about you and about your work ethic. Mm -hmm. And if they don't have good things to say, It's going to be detrimental to you being able to move up to get to that big chair.
1: Right. I always say anyone, it it sounds crazy, anyone can be touched. Yes. Anyone can be touched. I might not know you, but if I look down your resume and I see the, 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 the stops that you've made, I might not be able to touch you directly. I can touch you. I done it, it was six degrees of separation. Yeah. I can find one person who knows somebody, who knows somebody, who knows somebody who can find oh Marvel is at North Carolina Central University? Oh, well, I know such and such, and they know such and such, and they know such and such. I'm gonna get Derek. I know three people, and these, these people call this person, they work with Marlon directly at North Carolina Central. What? Man, let me call him and find out. Mm-hmm. What, what did she do there? So I always keep
0: that in mind. One of the big topics recently has been about mental health. Mm-hmm. What do you see as the role of the athletics director in regards to their student-athletes mental health and how should our future administrators prepare to be able to address that issue?
1: I think we have to we, we have to lead the way as far as it's the, the providing those resources for our students our student athletes um allowing them to have space and giving them the resources that we that we have available to us around campus as well just for the whole from a, from a holistic campus wise and encouraging them to take advantage of those resources um one thing I used to tell i used to tell my 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 guys when I was coaching was you may not connect with me um from a you may not connect with me, but there's going to be a coach on this staff that you do connect with. Please try to find somebody you connect with. Uh, find somebody on this campus that you that you can connect with emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Um, and that, that's always been very, very important to me as as a coach and, it, and also as, as an athletic director is making sure our student-athletes have an avenue and they have the resources to be able to get out whatever it is that they need to get out or keep in what they want to keep in. Um, you know, mental health is is very, 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 very important, and that has really been pushed to the forefront here recently. The recent years, um, really within it, within even within within athletics, because you know we've always I think athletics has always had this cave mentality of just rough and tough, and nothing hurts an athlete. But um, but we but but athletes have been uh, working with and dealing with mental mental health for a very, very, very long time. And uh, it's now it's glad it's now coming to the forefront that our student athletes and our athletes in general feel more comfortable and talk about it. You know, Simone Biles is talking about you know her mental her mental challenges that go into uh, her you know performing at a high level in her sport and being able for her to have a platform and feel comfortable and that's the most important thing. And I I, I congratulate her and uh, and applaud salute her is that. She had the environment that she felt comfortable in sharing and expressing herself, and she had that environment around her. And that's that's I think as administrators, we have to create. uh, We have to work hard to create around our student athletes to make sure that they feel comfortable in expressing themselves and being forthcoming and saying, "Hey, I'm having some I'm 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 having some thoughts of some different things." Or um, I'm feeling this type of way, and for them to feel comfortable enough to uh, to approach someone that and ask for help. And I think it goes back to what I said, going back to far being a self advocate and being for and creating an environment for them to for their words to fall in a soft place, in a in a in a trusting place, in an honest place to in that they feel you know that they can express themselves and, and come out. Yes, uh,
0: one of the things I remember in working in college athletics were the injured student-athletes and how they seemed to be depressed and become disconnected from their teammates, especially when they weren't able to travel and do all of those things. Um, and I just think it's something that our aspiring sports administrators need to understand, that you're going to be working with the whole athlete. And like you said, you may not connect immediately with me, but you've got to find somebody that you connect with so that you do Mm -hmm. have an outlet.
1: That's that's, that's crucial. You know, as far as the staff is, it's, you know, I kind of revert a lot. So back to football, but it's like, as a linebacker coach, that doesn't mean that only, only guys that I'm going to talk to are linebackers. Correct. I'm you know, my thing is I want us to talk to every student athlete. I want us to talk to every player. You know, I'm the linebacker coach, but I'm talking to the quarterbacks, every quarterback. I'm talking to all the kickers, I'm talking to all the long staff, all the offensive linemen. Because you never know who you're gonna connect with, and who's gonna connect with you. And I think you offering yourself out there and offering yourself to the students, student athletes is is crucial. Cause then they say, oh man, Coach Arnold, all right. Let I me mean, maybe come by his office a little bit. Go see them, go check them out, fill them out, because that's what it is—a filling out process. You know, you you know it all the time. Student after all of a sudden, a student pop up in your office and just want to sit down and talk. It's a filling out process, and also they felt comfortable enough where something that they said to you prior to fell on soft, trusting environment. Well, why was a pillow that now they're going let's, let's let's explore it a little bit further, and I think that's important is that we offer ourselves to our students and lend ourselves to our students as resources for a place of comfort, a place of of trust, and a place of honesty. So I think that's important.
0: Now, many aspire to become athletic directors, but not many stay in the position. What has kept you in that seat?
1: I think I'm, I'm, with our administration um, at the college, one I think they've given me the ability to to be uh, creative. Um, I'm not micromanaged at all, and um, that has given me the ability to keep my mind open and fresh, and being able to always try to find a way to give us an edge or give us a way to grow, and and provide additional resources for for our student athletes. I mean, I literally wake up in the morning and. Not say, how can I run the department? How can I, you know, I wake up in the morning and say, how can I support our coaches and give our students more? You know, how can I support the coaches and get our get them additional resources and get our to our, our student-athletes to have more resources? Um, how can I get individualized tutoring? You know, we have a tutoring service on campus. But how can I bring them, get those tutors brought to us, to our student-athletes? So I'm always waking up, trying to figure out how I can support, how I can support the stand. It's not so much waking up and saying, "I'm gonna run the department." I want y'all to listen to what I say. You can do what I tell you to do. It's how can I support you in being in your role and making the whole better. So, sustainability is just this continue to be creative and continue to try to evolve and learning, and stand on, stand on top of the trends and those those different things that are going on um and like you go back to you gotta make your boss look good you know i report directly to the president so no violations and and not being in the news is is always a good thing so um you know and it's not and the great thing about where i am now it's not so much i don't put the pressure of wins and losses on our on our on our coaches i just want our student athletes to have great experiences so I want them to, you know, when they leave Johnson Community College, to be able to come back and say, hey, I had a good experience there. Might have been a little tough. Might have been some things I didn't really like. But at the end of the day, they prepared me to transition to the next place. Um, We've had student athletes come back and say, I appreciate what y'all did because now my next place is easy. You know, I, I was we doing it this way here at JCC. They're not even doing that here in my next place. like I had it tough, you know, I had a tough, you know, I had a tougher at JCC, you know, this is a breeze for me or, you know, we're doing something, you, you know, JCC did some things better at JCC than we're doing at for four year. So those are those, those are those success stories that I like to hear and the feedback from our student athletes. So it's trying to always evolve and it's trying to, you know, be creative. Uh, don't sit stagnant. Don't sit stagnant. Don't sit stagnant. Just try to continue to keep moving and progress and get better. Gotta get better.
0: Constant improvement.
1: That's it. It's only two. You know, when you wake up in the morning, one of two things will happen.
0: You will get better that day, or you get worse. <laughs> what are you going to say the same? Oh, What's the one thing you wish you knew before you got in that seat?
1: Mm. That, uh, hmm. That, hmm. The one thing I I knew before getting to the seat, that's a tough, believe it or not, it's a tough question because I want to say part, um, probably just the ability to work with with different personalities. Yes. You know, the ability to work with different personalities and to, um, I wish, you know, I knew more. I'm not saying being softer. I'm not saying that, but just yeah, just working with more, just different. Being able to be ready, prepared to work with different, different personalities, and work and being able to work with people within where they are professionally.
0: Now we know nothing is free; everything has cost associated with it. What types of sacrifices? do young professionals need to be aware of as they progress through a career in athletic administration?
1: Ah. Well, in this day and age of social media and cell phones and all this stuff, I would say, I would say sometime, um, some relationships as far as, you know, friendships and even romantic relationships. Some of those may, may suffer a little bit. Um, just simply because, going back to the beginning, what we talked about, as far as the minute move and shake, you're going to have some opportunities that's not that's going to be afforded to you that's not in your immediate area. So are you willing to go from the East Coast to the West Coast? And, you know, how are your relationships going and How are you going to leverage your relationships, um, you know, friendship-wise or romantically? Um, that's, those are some sacrifices that you really need to think about. You know, how uh, do you want to move? How often do you want to move? Um, and... Um, I think those, are, you know, those are those sacrifices that you got to make time, um, time with your family. You know, you sometimes I, I felt like I was spending more time with other people's kids than I do with my own. That's a sacrifice, you know. And how do you feel? How do you feel about that? Um, so, you know, that's why I, for me, I try to incorporate my kids as much as I possibly can in what I do. You know, so they also can see you know higher education at a, at a different level and in, in a different lens. But you know, those are different. I think those are the sacrifices that I think that you got to be willing, you got to be willing to, you got to be willing to make. And, you know, you, you will get to a point where you're like, you know, something, mm-hmm. tasting that maybe not be, I, I, I just don't want to go to Nebraska, you know. So, you know, I think I just want to settle down here, have time to move it. You get to that point. So, and then you and then sometimes you may be faced with an ultimatum with your family is he with your career what are you gonna do so you're gonna have some you wanna have some times where you gotta where you gotta make some some real tough decisions.
0: What's been your biggest challenge?
1: <sighs> My biggest challenge has been changing culture, changing the mindset of people um I fight it every day, every day, um, and I'm at an institution where um, athletes had, was not is, is, is not, that's what I'm saying, not necessarily say not necessarily priority. It wasn't. Um, it was suspended at the time when I when I took the position, and um, only had one sport at the time was ball, so I was an athlete director of ball. <laughs> so, but. Um, and Dr. John, yeah, our president, Dr. Johnson, you know, you know, great leader. He was like, well, look, Derek, if it's going to be, it's going to be because you bring it back. I'm not going to get in the way of you bringing it back. Um, so it's creating, it's, it's changing mindsets and trying to create a culture. That has been my biggest challenge. And I continue every day and trying, trying to get more and more people on board to what you're doing and for other people to see the vision that you have um, for your area. you know, Obviously, you know, Affleck, we're talking about Affleck, so you know, trying to get people to see the vision that we have uh, for Affleck's and see the value added uh, within a higher education uh, of Affleck's extracurricular activities as a whole um, in the academic world, trying to get you know, our faculty um, and some administrators to see the value added in extracurricular activities, the value added in student activities, the value added in things that are outside of the classroom. So those are those are some of my biggest challenges, you know, trying to create, a change, you know, create and change culture.
0: Now you recently added esports. Tell us how mm-hmm. that's going. You talking
1: about blazing fast? Oh my goodness, <laughs> that. You talk about we talk about sports athletics as a whole is fast. Man, esports is. Mm, mm, mm. That's 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 the we talking about. Move, that's a moving shaker. That's a moving shaker. Esports has been awesome. Um, I love the fact that the that uh, that our that our administration and our board of trustees allowed you know, allow uh, yeah, allow my crazy vision to come to to become to fruition, but allowed us to, to explore and, and, and inevitably bring, you know, bring it as an intercollegiate sport to our campus. Um, esports is, is great. You end up touching and reaching out to students on your campus that you would normally just walk by, that you didn't even really know exists because they're you know, sitting in the corner. When you think you think they're on their headphones and probably talking to a friend on, the, on their cell phone, they're actually over there gaming. You know, they're sitting on their laptop in the cafeteria and you think they may be doing a doing an assignment. No, they're actually gaming. You know, it's it gives you and you talk about the diversity, especially in this in this in this climate we have right now, you talk about the diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. I mean, esports is this is 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 this that conglomerate of all of that. Anyone from all walks of life, all culture, all ethnicities, all backgrounds can participate. And, and, they, and, and they participate together, you know. So it's 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 an awesome sight to see. Um, that it's awesome. It's an awesome sight to see as far as in an esports, and you know it's it's different mindset as far as in competition. So when you think, you know, you have a football team, so you got football team, and on Saturdays they're gonna go play a football game, right? So all fifty five, eighty five of these guys, hundred. They're going to play this one game on Saturday. That's it. Some play, some no. Esports is like completely different. You have a team of 30, but only three of them are competing today of that 30 because that's the game that they're particularly playing. And then tomorrow night, only six of them 30 are playing because they're playing, let's say, Overwatch. So it's a six-man game. So they're playing. Yeah. So they're always is you have a team of thirty, but not everybody's playing all the time. But they're always scoring points and everything. So esports is great. Esports is great. I'm gonna tell you, I I'm a definite advocate for um, esports on every campus. If you don't even have athletics on your campus, esports is a sport that. You could bring it on to your campus because you have a lot of schools that, are like, we don't want to touch athletics. We want to deal with compliance and all these different things. But esports is one of those, I, I would say, soft entry point athletics, intercollegiate sports that you can bring on your campus. That a lot of times the students are going to almost manage it themselves in a sense. So um, it's been a great undertaking for myself. I, I've, I've enjoyed it. I've learned so much um, with, through our esports team, through our student athletes. You know, just learning the lights, this lighting, Mister Arnold. This game does this, and you know, what is that? Like, what's Super Smash Brothers? Like, what is that? You know, you know so how we be competing in that? You know, so it's you know, they, you know, we have a, you know, we have a, uh, we put together a esports arena on campus. Uh, we use a uh, an old testing lab that we had that I, you know, that our administration was like, well, we don't know what we're going to do with it. And I said we turned it into our esports lab, our esports arena. We came, you know, we outfitted it. Um, with computers and those things. And uh we've been up and running now uh since last spring. So this is our first we're completing our, well, almost our first two spring was our introductory this, this fall right now we're in right now we're 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 full go in it. And uh we've we've done well. We ranked fourth in the country. Wow. I think in Rocket League. Yeah in Rocket League and um we made the playoffs and those things. So it's been great. Anybody want to talk about East boys – Call me. Let's go. Let's do it. (laughs) I'll come to your campus. I'll talk to your administration about it because it's been great.
0: Now it's overtime. Overtime. Just get some Uh quick answers out for our students. What book do you suggest aspiring sports administrators read?
1: Tony Dungy's Quiet Strength. Awesome
0: read. What's been your best day in the big chair? My best day? Ooh, ooh, best day. uh, My first day. And what's been your worst day in the big chair? Haven't had one. Uh, What's your go-to inspirational quote?
1: It is what it is.
0: And what is a motivational movie that you suggest young professionals watch?
1: Remember the Titans.
0: Thank you so much for all this information that you shared, Derek. How can our listeners find you? Do you have uh, on social media?
1: I do. Ooh, I do. Um, where is my social media? Uh, uh, I am on Facebook. Oh, my LinkedIn. That's what I, I guess. I suppose I have all my social media stuff here. I'm sorry. I do. I am on LinkedIn. Uh, I think he's looking me up as Derek Arnold.
0: Derek Arnold on LinkedIn and Derek Arnold mm. on Facebook. Yep. And what uh do you have anything going on at the university coming up for the 2022-2023 academic year that our listeners should know about? Uh
1: We're going to be looking at Oh, yes. We're going to be looking to beef up our esports program. So uh, we'll we we'll we're trying to go, we're trying to take our, our esports to that next level wherein we're actually, uh, we have, we have almost a media, let's say a social multimedia area within our arena where we we'll actually be able to broadcast to multiple, to, um, broadcast off campus nationally, inevitably go globally. So, um really trying to take that program to a, to a, to a, you know, to a different level. Uh, definitely, um, something expanding outside of Johnson County.
0: Great. Thank you for listening to our podcast. I hope that the notes you took from our guests will help you as you plan and build your career. Please remember to rate review and subscribe to our podcast view from the big chair, Examining the Cost to Be the Boss. I'm your host, Marlon Jones, and I thank you again for listening.